Thanks for joining me on the Other Expats podcast, a podcast where African and black expats share their experiences and stories about living in Malaysia. My name is Chukudibara and I'll be your host. This is your host Chukudi and you're listening to the Other Expats podcast. Thanks everyone for joining us on this episode of the Other Expats podcast. Today we have Henry Angala, who is a tech expert and works in the tech industry in Malaysia. Thanks, Henry, for joining us today. Thank you, Chukudi, for inviting me. It's a nice uh, opportunity and a pleasure to be here as well. I'm I'm Nigerian. I work in the tech industry here. One of the one of the tech multinationals. It's been quite the experience. It's been quite the cultural evolution as well for me. Yes, getting to know the people, understanding the people, getting to live with the people here, and um, learning a new work culture, different from the way we work back home. And also working with other experts from different parts of the world and countries. It's, I would, you know, say it's been a, it's been a very holistic experience. All right. Um, I think yeah. like I have, I have two follow-up questions to that, but uh, okay, let's start with um, the, the Malaysian, co- the, the culture part. Um, um, in terms of the, the culture you've, you met here and you've had to um, live with all this time. Um, what, what aspects of the Malaysian culture um, have you found that you embraced um, a lot? And, and what parts don't you like so much of um, so far? Okay. We talk about everyday living because you don't always work but you always leave. <laughs> All right, sure. Let's start. <laughs> yeah. Let's start from that. Yeah. Um, there's a much difference, difference in the um, social expectations and responsibilities between the older and the younger ones. And um, it's it's actually just not, say, the Chinese, Malay, Indians, or some of the other cultural groups in Malaysia, but it's just widespread. My observation is that it's, it's something that is very common in this region where the older you get, there is this almost automatic assignment of authority. And um, like, it's unquestionable. I don't always agree with it, but this is how they live. So I've uh, learned to understand it. And that has also helped me to understand how to interact with the older folks here, as well as the younger ones, because I am able to see the way they do things. We do have that kind of structure in Africa, but Different parts of Africa, it's a bit different. Like, I come from Nigeria. I come from the southern part of Nigeria, where it's okay to respectfully question your elder if you don't understand what they're getting at, or if you think maybe they're operating on an incomplete set of information in their decision-making or in their opinions. So that gives you opportunity to help them, inform them of whatever changes or improvement that has been made. Like I said, respectfully. Okay. That's very important. Right. Yeah. Here, it is a little harder to do 
but it is what it is. Everywhere is different. You get to live with the people. When you go to Rome, you learn to be a Roman. So what what you're saying is it's it's not it is not a custom here for people like the younger generation to advise the the older generation. It's rarely okay. seen here. Is is it a respect thing you think, or fear, well, or like I said, as you get older, there's this automatic assignment of authority, mm. and with that comes the demanded respect. Mm. And um, sometimes it is a little misplaced, honestly, mm. but. It's not entirely bad. It's not bad actually. It just could use some refinement. That's how I see it. That is my own personal opinion and view on it. But I'm not opposed to the way they are living or the way the cultures, the way things are set up here. It works for them. That's good enough. So is is that like the path you? don't like or is that the part you are happy with it's i am actually neutral to it all right is there any part of the the culture you've experienced so far that you do like that at least that you are oh i love the variety the right. food. okay and i also love the fact that there's so many different people from different places, all in one place, that allows you the opportunity to know more people, know more about the world in such a small place. All right, that's that's interesting. You meet you meet the Indians here. The Indian culture is markedly different from the Malay culture, which is markedly different from the Chinese culture which is markedly different from the cultures of some of the other smaller groupings. And then amongst the Malays, the way the Malays in the south around Johor and parts of Malacca behave is different from the way the Malays around Selangor, Negri Sembilan behave. The way it's also different from the way the Malays around Pahang behave and the ways the Malays are uh, the way the Malays around Kedah, Penang, Trangano, they behave. Perlis is also a bit different. When you travel, when you mix with these people, you interact with them on a day-to-day -day basis. You begin to spot those differences. It's interesting. Uh, this is just among the Malays. I'm not talk even talking about, about the Indians or the Chinese. Okay, for the Chinese, is a bit more uniform because, because, of the, because of the way it is here. They are more lumped together in the way they do things, but there's a there's still a little difference among those who were originally, say, Teochew and um, Hainanese and Hakka and um, Hokkien. And, um, but because most of them also speak a bit of Cantonese or Mandarin, in fact, most of them speak Mandarin. So there's there's a little there's a lot more mix and integration. But when you get okay, if you have friends or contacts, acquaintances who are from some of these other smaller groupings, and if you taking your time to talk to them, ask them about this, then they, they begin to educate you on the little differences including the little differences in their cuisine. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been very fortunate to have friends who are from the different so smaller Chinese groups. That, and generally, we see all of them as Chinese. But when you look closer, then you begin to see, although they're Chinese, you begin to see that they come from slightly, there are slightly different cultural variations among them. Uh, I have friends who are Teochew, I have friends who are Hakka, Hanyanese, Hokkien, Fu Chao, and um, even the ones from around the uh, Sichuan region as well. And who were originally from the Sichuan region, I also have friends who are from Sichuan, who are here in Malaysia, 
but they're Chinese nationals. So I've had this, I've, I'm in a unique position where I, I've had the privilege of learning mm. and understanding and appreciating the little cultural differences and nuances. And um, I'm very grateful for that. All right. That's... I, uh, I like Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> do you have do you have a favorite Chinese a favorite food generally? Um Chinese okay. or other if I'm going, if you ask me to choose amongst Chinese, Malay or Indian food, I would always pick the Chinese food first. Alright. Why is that though? That's because I don't like a lot of spices. Oh wow. Uh, I can eat it. Okay. But <laughs> I don't particularly enjoy it. All right. So it, so that's that would that's a bit of a challenge. Although yes, I understand that people enjoy food that way. Like um for most Nigerians we'll be more comfortable eating Indian food because it's we eat a lot of food with a lot of heat and spices, although not to a certain levels of the Indian food. I I had a friend make a joke, he's, he's Indian, Malaysian Indian, um, about using spices. He said, everyone else used spice to eat the meat, but the Indians use the meat to eat the spice. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's that's an interesting way to look at it. <laughs> so it's been years. This is something a friend of mine said to me in my university days, and I still remember it even now because I find it amusing. I I don't entirely disagree, but everyone has their tastes and what they're used to when it comes to food. Yeah, I um, think I think because yeah, and I'm must... very adventurous with food. All right. So ah. sometimes I travel. Just to go try new foods that I haven't oh, tried. Nice. Well, like where, where, what places have you been to to try um, new foods okay. so far? <laughs> the only state capital I've not been to in Malaysia is Kelantan State Capital, Kota Baru. All right. Why? why? I have traveled to every other one. All right. Well, that's and interesting. Yeah. Most times I go just because I want to try something that's unique to that part of the country. But it doesn't mean I haven't had unique Clantonese food. This is Kuala Lumpur. We, we, we're here in the Klang Valley. We have the Klang Valley is a melting pot where they all come together. Okay. So I've had the opportunity where I went to restaurants owned run and managed by Kalantanese that cook traditional Kalantanese Malay food. So I've had an opportunity to try the traditional Kalantanese Malay food and it was good. I enjoyed it. And yeah. But I the only state capital I have not been to like go there, stay for a day or two is Kota Baru. I've not had the opportunity. I will. I will definitely. We're on MCO now, so it's not something I can say I can do today <laughs> or tomorrow. <laughs> All right. At the first opportunity, I will. Nigerians like spicy food, and that's general generalizing, basically. And and here you say you don't like spicy food so much. Those of us who don't like spicy food as Nigerians, we're in the minority. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, where in Malaysia are you stationed? Are you? I'm in Penang currently. So you're basically the food capital of Malaysia. Then. That's what they say. I don't. I don't think. I. I. I am not that much of a foodie. So like, I think all the food is going to waste on you me. just get what you need <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so, yeah. See, the thing is i've been to penang several times okay. i've gone there by bus i've driven there several mm -hmm. times okay. i understand i understand the hype with the penang food mm -hmm. but 
when you see where you really see the difference in the Vietnamese food, it's more in the Chinese food. The way they cook it is a little different from what you find in the uh, Plant Valley area here. All right. Yeah. Okay. I generally. Uh, yeah. Food in uh, on on average, the food in and around the Klang Valley Valley here doesn't taste quite as good as some of the other ones. I don't know if it's a personal bias because of the effort one puts into traveling all the way there. To <laughs> uh, so, like you already said, expectations There's a possibility of bias in mm. that. And then, but then again, there's also the competition among the different states for who has what, the best kind of what food. Okay. Now, chicken rice, everyone believes that's something from Perak. Perak has the best chicken rice. Then, um, Serban has the best uh, pao, chasu pao. Basically, it's this pot bun that is either baked or is steamed. Mm. Then let's see. Penang has the best when it comes to variety of different stuff. Kelantan is believed to have the best fried chicken. And then the um, there's this fish paste in the wrap in some in banana leaf or something, and then roast it over open flame. Uh -huh. um, Otta right. There's an argument between between the best coming from Johor or from Trangana. I've had both of them, not a fan of either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're both good. It's right. just not my thing. All right. How about durian? So, like durian is more of a, of where the, you're either for or against. Shukuri. Yeah. <laughs> I have tried to love durian. <laughs> Honestly, when I say tried, I mean made efforts to love durian. Normal durian, no. I don't like it in ice cream. I don't like it in, um, what's it called, ice kachang or whatever they make it with. Uh, I But surprisingly, I love tempoya. Which is the fermented durian? This thing <laughs> yeah. even more. It's just, this is confusing. <laughs> right. I love the way when it's cooked right, like right. With, um, with catfish and all, and the muscle and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it funny is enough. so good. It doesn't stink anymore. Why? By the time they don't cook in it, mm. and it tastes wonderful, but. Durian itself, I have tried it. No. <laughs> it's a it's a very hard no. Alright. <laughs> I don't think I've tried tepoya before, but yeah, I think maybe now I should put it on my list of things to try. Yeah. Well, I would say you should, but I am not going to raise your hopes. <laughs> All right, that, that's good to know still. We are very different. Yeah, true, true. Everyone um, has their tastes and preferences. Yeah, that's fair. How about you? What, what's your position in durian? Um, I would say it's a no for me. Um, I, I've tried it several oh. times. Um, and I won't say okay. no to it. Like, I won't... Um, if you offer me durian, durian, I I'll take a little bit, but that that's just it, a little bit. Um, I won't go out and go find durian by myself. Um, only when I'm offered, I can take. So a tiny you bit. are sitting on the fence. Kind of, yeah. Meaning no, <laughs> but out of politeness. Yeah, basically out of politeness. Yeah, I think mostly. For me, yeah. With durian, I stopped being polite. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I a... tried what you did, what you did. Yeah. But I realized all I needed to do was just gently explain to the person and turn it down. Alright. <laughs> well, what explanation so do you give? I don't displease the person and yeah. I don't put my I don't make myself miserable either. Oh, yeah, true. Sorry. Good point. So 
Yeah. Okay. How how do you you you've been you've been out here um um for a while. Um, yes. How do you how do you think you've changed um um in the time you've been here? If you if you have changed, but I think like if you no matter what um we all change um year after year. Um. So I think more this question is more about how being an expat being a black expat how being has, here has affected yeah. the way i look at things and work yes being a black expat yeah basically yes okay now you're nigerian like me so when i say we are generally very direct and very forward people mm. and with simple matters we generally don't we generally aren't diplomatic culturally <laughs> yeah hmm? true true but living here, the way they communicate here is more indirect, mm. it's more finessed. Mm. Um, it's, you take a softer touch on the issues. Mm. So over time, to learn to communicate, because when you want to communicate, generally, one of the important fundamentals of communication is to reach your intended audience yeah. in a language and mode of communication they understand and are most receptive to. That is the goal of communication, right? Yes. So over time, I've learned to soften the way I approach matters so I don't I don't come off as being very aggressive mm -hmm. because my goal is not to show aggression mm -hmm. but to have a chance and opportunity to reason with them. So instead of approaching issues in, in very direct manners, I find better, softer, but equally effective ways of reasoning and um, getting them to see things from where I'm coming from and also empathizing with them, walking in the shoes to see things from their perspective as well. So, That has improved a lot. How effective is that, though? As uh, uh, um, so far, how effective has that been? Um... Oh, you'd be surprised. All right. Because I, I, okay. I, I understand that. When someone um, looks at me, yeah, like uh, my friend, two of my friends were telling me. One told me yesterday, another one told me today. That whenever I shave my beard and get a haircut, I look like I'm um, a serviceman, a military man. <laughs> I because I have a very erect posture. All right. I don't, I don't look very relaxed at first glance until you get to know me and you realize this is just. This is just me and it means nothing. Um, so I'm not always easily approachable, but once you get close enough to me, talk to me for a few minutes, you begin to see that it's very different from that first impression. So I had to learn ways of um, making it easier to to make people comfortable around me because yes my body language will not suddenly change it's i'm trying it's improved a lot from when i first came but you know it's a it's a work in progress this 
<laughs> continuous improvement. So yeah, okay. did I answer the question correctly or I missed something? I don't think there's, there's a correct answer. It's your point of view, it's your experience. So I don't think there's any correct way. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer, basically. You don't. Nope. I think, but I think you, you highlighted um, um, the points. Um, the, the thing with, like I said, with communication, of course, we know that verbal communication only makes up about 11%. Mm. Most of it is all of the other things that you don't say. Body language, internet, the way you, your tone, choice of words, a lot of little things, facial expression and all whatnot. So you need... You need to start from where you are, because that's what you've got. And um, you need to know where you're going. And you need to find the most effective and eff efficient way to get there. Right. That takes practice and learning. That takes mindfulness. I'm not the most mindful person. But I'm learning. I've yeah. stopped learning. And uh, yes, All right, that's that's it's been working. I've been very, I've been, I'd say I've been fairly successful at it. As a black expert here, um, of what what are some challenges that that you face, um, work based or otherwise? Like what 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 challenges do you have to deal with on a regular basis? Um, as a black expert. Oh, okay. I have, um, of course, I've had to deal with racial prejudice, but not at work, because my I've had the privilege of working in a very culturally diverse, in very culturally diverse organizations. My previous um, project that I worked on for a different company and uh, my current one as well, uh, we've always had this thing where we had, we'd, we'd had team members from different parts of the world, different countries, um, had um, team members from the Middle East. And my current work, okay, we currently, in my team, we don't have anyone from the Middle East, but we do have someone from Pakistan, we have me, Nigerian. We've, we had a few Pakistanis, we had Nigerian. We have, uh, I have Indian colleagues, I have uh, Filipino colleagues, I have uh, Indonesian colleagues, of course, Malaysian colleagues. I have, I have colleagues from China. I have colleagues from Japan as well. So I, uh, I've, I've always had this privilege and opportunity of working in very culturally diverse environments. So professionally, I have not faced any prejudice. Yes, I have faced a few from the police. I've also faced a few even in some of the restaurants where I've gone to eat. But um, lately, there's been a fair amount of improvement in the way I'm treated when I go out. Or maybe maybe it's because I live in Cyberjaya and um, Cyberjaya has a large foreign population from pretty much everywhere in the world. We have Russians here, we have people from Central Asia, we have people from Eastern Europe, other parts of Eastern Europe, China, Japan, Korea, India, Middle East, Nearly every country in the Middle East, you can find someone here. And um, Africa, a lot of people. So, because maybe I live here in Cyberjaya, so, it, but if I'm going to speak about my experience in Cyberjaya, I would say prejudice is almost non existent at the moment. Uh, because everyone, is 
some kind of sojourner here. Does that make sense? Uh, kind of, I guess, yeah. It's, it's like, again, it's, there's no right or wrong answer. It's, it's based on your experience. And yeah. yeah, clearly from your experience is being a fair community um, with people from various parts of the world. So um, I think that, that, that makes sense. That's, that's your experience. So yeah. So, honestly, some of my closest friends here yeah. currently are not even Nigerians. Mm. All right. Well, that's yeah. that's that. What's your what's your social circle like? Um, do you have more? Yeah. my social circle is very diverse. Right. I have really good Malay friends. I have really good Indian friends. I have really good Chinese friends. Local Chinese, China Chinese. Yeah. I have really good friends from the Middle East, from Syria, from Iraq from Saudi, from Yemen. I have, uh, I have really good friends from uh, my next, one of my next door neighbors and a very good friend of mine is from Turkmenistan. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> yeah, All right. it's like I said, for my, in my personal experience, yeah learning to reach reach them in the way they understand mm, okay. gives them gives you the opportunity to get them to know you as well mm, all right so well, that's 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 interesting that's an interesting way of of saying things and i think it's okay here's something a, one of the lecturers in my university when I was studying, he's, he's, a, he's a Nigerian, a professor of medicine. He's retired now. Um, there's something he said to me when I first came. Within my first two weeks of coming to Malaysia, I got to meet him, got to know him, talked to him. And uh, he said something to me that I've, I've actually used as one of my guiding principles in the way I interact with people. He said, remember that whatever you do, you don't only represent yourself. You represent an entire race of people, an entire culture, an entire continent and country. So when you, when you do anything, make sure to be careful to tailor your actions in the best way possible. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting uh, because usually um, that, that idea is typically applied specifically to um, minority groups. Um, typically, uh, uh, black people are representative of entire races. Uh, meanwhile, when it comes to um, a white person, it, it's more of an individual. That is what I think, though. Um, I don't think that as a black person, you are um, representing your, your country or your continent or an entire race. That's a hell of a lot of responsibility for an individual. It may seem like it. Yeah. But the truth that it, the truth is, in practice, it is very simple. Be mindful of your actions. Live well, do well as an individual. Yeah, as, as an individual. I think that applies more. Yes, yes. As an what he's saying is yes. do your own little part yeah. to keep your own good name. Here's the thing. If you do that, your little to keep your own good name, you'll find that you don't need to worry about all of the other things because people are generally prejudiced whether we like it or not we all have some bias and prejudice that we've picked up over the years growing up now it takes conscious effort 
to transcend that prejudice. I have the option of not caring about what people think. And the truth is, I don't care about what people think. I just like to be able to live well and live good. I like to be able to. The, what I do, I do it for me. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for me. But in so doing, there are ancillary benefits. People begin to see that maybe it's not everything they hear is true. They meet the next African. They are more open, more receptive to that African. And that gives the next African slightly better footing to start. And if it does the same like I'm doing, it gives the next one after him. It's like it's, it has a cascade effect, but it starts with the individual effort. I think instead, okay, so, that's, it's, it's a good, it's one way of seeing things. I wouldn't say it's a good way or the best way of seeing things, but yeah, it's clearly, yes, we all have, um, biases, um, unconscious biases that we can't um always shake off um so yes it's it's one way of seeing things it's um i won't say it's a sustainable way of seeing things but it's it definitely works for some people um so so yeah um i think maybe we we move on to um we just carry on uh what what has the last year been like for you? Your um, being away from home and and with the whole COVID, the whole COVID pandemic, and being an expat out out here. And um, what, what's what's the last year been like for you? Oh, okay. At first, it was a little trying because obviously, <laughs> I can't just go to KL, sit down at the pub, have a beer and um, make new friends or just chat with strangers, which is something I used to enjoy doing. Um, that has been, that's not something I've not been able to do for a while. But other than that, uh, yes, of course, the social impact as well, because not being able to catch up with friends at all. That has also affected me some. But in all, not much. Going back home, my family, my family has always known me to be the Lone Ranger type. I, they know I'm fine anywhere I am in the world. It doesn't, um, I just call and make sure everyone's okay. Talk to them back home, catch up with them, learn about what they're doing, what they're up to, how they are doing, are they also keeping safe? So, but besides that, it's, I've been mostly blessed with the way things have been going on. All right. It's not, I, I've been coping well with this whole MCO as well. All right. What, what's, what's, what are some, you say you've been mostly blessed. And what, what are some good things that have happened to you recently, despite all the um, hardcore um, MCO and pandemic? Okay, MCO has uh, forced me to save a bit more, honestly. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so some of the... Yeah, I think that's one of the best parts of the, the lockdown for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. For, for those of us who thankfully still have jobs, yes. Yeah, I've, been, I've saved a bit more. So that means I've been able to do a few more things. Not much. Think about it. Uh, I don't spend a lot on booze in a month. So either way, I didn't save a lot on booze. But being home and because I can cook, I've 
been able to eat cleaner. I have been able to spend less on food as well. So I've also made some savings on that front as well. Oh, okay. And I put it in some of the other stuff. I've also picked up a few more. I've picked up a, picked up a few more skills because I've had time to do more of some courses online through the uh, training portal in my office and also some outside of my work. And uh, even picked up a few new hobbies. So, yeah. I found a way to find, it's a new normal, so we need to find a new way of balance. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, if, if, what, what would you say to, to, to other experts, black experts, people of color experts, Nigerians, Africans, um, people who are planning or considering, um, coming out to Malaysia to be an expert or even students who are thinking about starting their careers in, in Malaysia after they graduate, what, what do you have to say to them? If you have the opportunity, take it, but don't stay too long. Why shouldn't allow yourself to grow, allow yourself to experience new things, All right. allow yourself to be open, allow yourself to be challenged, allow yourself to step out of your comfort zone. Um, you, you mentioned, yes. you mentioned that they shouldn't stay too long. Um, why is that? Because when you stay too long in a place, you become too comfortable with it. And when you become too comfortable with it, you also reduce your growth potential doing so. All right, yeah, that, that makes sense, definitely. So by allowing yourself to be mobile, allowing yourself to be flexible and adaptable, you, your mind is always always open to identifying new opportunities and new ideas. So it keeps your mind in an active learning phase. That's why I said that. All right, that's that's an interesting point, and yeah, it, it, that's it makes a lot of sense because yeah, you get complacent um, if you've been in the same place for a long time, and yeah. You, this you you tend to not pursue opportunities as much as you should to round up this episode uh do you have anything you want to add um say is there any question i didn't ask you or anything else you think you'd you want to share with with people listening to to this right now Get out of your own way to learn. Sometimes you might need to throw yourself in strange and uncomfortable situations. And in trying to navigate such situations, you find that you learn. You're forced to learn something new because it's a strange and it is a strange situation to use it. It's a new experience to you. We always learn from new experiences. So get out of your own way to learn. All right. I think that is a, an effective, effective advice. Um, is, do you have any additional advice on how to get out of your own way? Just in case. <laughs> okay, it's, um, it's an incremental effort. Right. For everyone, it's different. All right. So uh, there is no one hard and fast advice that will work for everyone. 
Let's try to challenge yourself with something new, something positive, something that would educate you. Start small, run fast. Even if it means, even if it means having coffee or lunch with someone you normally wouldn't. Sit down, talk to the person, learn more about the person. If, if it means asking for your boss to add a new task to your workload to give you the chance to learn something new about the job, do it. That's what I mean by getting out of your own way. Right. Because it's very easy to be very comfortable with what you're doing and just stick with it. And you may do okay with what you're doing. But there's this thing, my, uh, I didn't understand what he meant by it when he said it. It's something my granddad said to me when I was a kid. I was, I think I was four. I was only four because my granddad is this person that even till the day he died, he always had a pen or a pen on him, even if he doesn't have his uh, small notebook that he carries with him. He always had his pen with him. And I got curious and I asked him, why does he always have a pen? And then he said, so he can write new things so he can learn. And I said, why do you always have to learn? He said, the day you stop learning, you die. You don't physically die, but I was a kid. I thought if mm -hmm. I stopped learning, I was going to die. <laughs> I didn't want to die. But as I grew older, I understood. I, I began to understand it more to me. The day you stop learning or being open to learning, learning new things, that day you start dying intellectually. Yeah, that makes sense. I've been, uh, I've always kept that in mind. So if right now, even if I don't do anything, I try to, like last year, I picked up um, a new hobby in a very strange area for me. I learned to make uh, work with leather All right. and my wallet the one i'm using right now All right. i designed it <laughs> i bought the leather but the thread and everything cut the pieces out stitch them together mm. and it's a really beautiful wallet oh that's interesting um maybe yeah. maybe um for the um show notes if you can send us a picture of the wallet if you took pictures while you were working on it and like even if it's just the finished uh, one, it's fine. I don't think I did about our check. Uh, but, even if um, it's the, the finished one is fine, it's okay. Just a picture so that we can show. I will send you the finished one. I've yeah. been using it for a while. I've been using it for nearly a year now. Oh wow, okay. So like I said, it's something it's it's not very it's in my inexperience, obviously, it's my first attempt. I've done others, passed it to them, I didn't take pictures of those, but to a few friends, but this is the first one I made and I'm keeping it. All right. Oh, that's, that's yeah. interesting though, yeah. Yeah, so I've allowed myself to take on the challenge of learning this and I am glad to encourage everyone to do the same. Because it's sometimes it's not so much about the particular subject matter you're looking at, but you find that by being open to learn, when an opportunity comes to learn, you find that you are you're ready. But if you don't Try to keep your, try to keep an open mind to learning. You would 
you miss out on some good opportunities. In the long run, that won't serve you well. On that note, we'll, we'll round up this episode of the Other Experts podcast. Thank you very much for um, joining us on this episode, um, Henry. Um, hopefully, we can get you again on a different or on another episode, rather. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. I hope to be able to meet you in person. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> One of these hopefully days. Hopefully, when some of these. Madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm. I'm almost always not. Not always, but I. I come. Um, I come through to KL a couple of times. So definitely, um, the next time I'm there, um, very likely after the MCO has been lifted, then I'll be glad uh, to buy you yeah. a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll take you up on that offer one of these days. So yeah. <laughs> Thanks, thanks again for joining us for this episode. For more other experts, check out our other episodes. You can find those at otherexperts.com slash podcasts. If you enjoy other experts and you want more, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Public Radio, or wherever you get your podcast from. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn for more updates. If there's something you want us to cover in future episodes, email podcasts at otherexperts.com. My name is Chukudibara. Thanks so much for listening.